I wasn't with you last Sunday because I was at Carrot. Yeah. I went to share with the brethren there, uh, Pastor Roy and his wonderful wife. They're doing a good job in Carrot. I saw something that amazed me. Pastor Gula, I didn't tell you this. Pastor Roy's wife does everything about the service. She set up everything, the equipment. And then there's this small eight years, about eight years, nine years, black girl. As soon as she entered the church at Covered, she went to Pastor Roy's wife and was by her watching to study how to fix those instruments. She wants to know Christ. She wants to be part of what they are doing. Little girl. And I was just watching. And um, she stood there. She was there watching her. She was connecting the laptop, getting the screw ready, getting the mixer ready, getting the microphone ready. She didn't go to the children's department. She wanted to make sure she knew how. And she was asking questions. How do you do this? How do you do this? And at the end, the service started. Then she went. I saw that she wants to grow and be a part of what God is doing in Calvary. And I was, I was so happy. You don't have to wait till you are 80 years old before you begin to do something for God. Jesus started at the age of 12. Jeremiah at the age of 8. If you have been if you have not been doing something, I come to tell you it is time to start. Praise the Lord. I count this a great privilege. Uh, I was here last on Wednesday. I spoke one Wednesday before I went to cover. Many of you did not see me. So I'm going to be sharing some of the testimonies from Nigeria about what God is using this fellowship to do in Nigeria. Um, I want to thank my friend and his wonderful wife for this great privilege. I feel at home here because I see love in this church. I see that you are one family, one big family that love the Lord. I, I saw the glory of God in this place and I thank God the man God used to speak in tongues this morning was speaking one of the languages in Nigeria. I don't know how, how come. He, he was actually speaking the language. He was speaking the language from the Muslim community, Hausa language. God was speaking through him. The presence of God is here. I'm not taking this time for granted. Sir, I want to thank you for your consistency in uh, gospel work. I want to thank you for remaining steadfast in the Lord. Your labor will never be in vain in Jesus' name. Um, Some of you have not really known me. Uh, I got to know some people through the program in Nigeria. I've never met Pastor Goodluck's children 
So I was watching a program in Nigeria. I saw some guys playing guitar, a black, two black guys playing the guitar. So, uh, you know, I called Pastor Gulok. Who is that guy, black guy? Because two of us, we play the guitar. I, I play the guitar. He played the guitar also. When we're young, we, we sing the guitar. I can sing. I'm not going to sing today. Don't worry. <laughs> so I said, who is that guy? With, he said, which one? I said, the one having glasses. He said, that's my son. Your son? I said, one of the other was, that's my son also. I said, wow. I'm so, I'm, I'm so happy. My name is Pastor Solomon Udi. Amy, I saw Amy first in Nigeria. Myself and my secretary, we always watch Amy play on the keyboard. And when I came, I saw, I said, oh, this is the lady I've been seeing. You know, God bless you. My, where's my sister? Amy? Oh, she's there? Okay. God bless her in Jesus' name. All right. Uh, my name, again, is Pastor Solomon Udi. The Amy was asking me, are you married? Do you have children? I said, wow. I am married. I've been married for 30, 31 years. And um, I have four children. Two sets of twins. I played football with my wife two times. And we have four children. Can you score that? I scored two goals. We play once, you score two goals, we play again. I said, oh God, that's enough, that's enough. I don't want a game. So I have a boy and uh, I have a boy and um, three daughters. Um, they are all grown up. They've all finished from the university. They've got the first degree. Some of them are working. Three of them are working already. One is about to marry, get married in February. And they all love the Lord. They are all with us in the ministry. My son is a master on the keyboard. He plays for a big church in Lakin, Lagos, Church of God Mission. My daughter loves children. She's a children worker, trained professionally to handle children in the church. The two other girls are powerful singers in the choir. Hallelujah. Amen. I just want us to pray. I give thanks to God for this great opportunity. Uh, of, I believe God brought me here for a purpose. And that purpose is going to be met in Jesus' name. This morning, God brought you here. No matter what you came here with, in name of sickness or disease, you are going to walk out of this door today healed in Jesus' name. You're looking for a job. We pray, Pastor Goodluck and myself were in this sanctuary on Friday night. We had all night praying for all of you. And I know God has answered our prayers. Very soon, the jobless will have job. The sick will be healed. Those who are broken hearted, 
God is going to restore your happiness and joy in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have that assurance. So be expecting because you are doing something for God. God is using you. God is going to strengthen you. God is going to provide for you. God is going to meet you at the at point of your need. And you are going to continue to serve the Lord and reach out in Jesus' name. Amen. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Giving thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks because he's giving Jesus Christ the song. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ the song. And now the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Please bow down your head. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, King of kings and Lord of lords, ancient of days, the I am that I am, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of all things, the all-sufficient God, the all-knowing God, the all-powerful God, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Rapha, we honor and magnify your name. Thank you for bringing us to church this morning. Thank you for our lives. Thank you for our families. Thank you for the miracles of healing. Thank you for the testimonies of your love in this place. I pray that, Lord, you give me the anointing of the Spirit this morning to share with your people. I can do nothing of my own. I ask you, O King of Glory, that you speak to your people in the language they will understand. This morning, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to be sharing with you this morning about the benefits of investing in God's kingdom. The benefits of investing in God's kingdom. Jesus some very, very powerful words in the Bible. There are principles. There are things that we can hold on to and they will change our lives. One of, they are mostly principles upon which God operates. In Matthew chapter 6, 
verses 19 to 21. Matthew 6, he said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where the moth and the rust destroy, and where teeth break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where the thieves do not break in and steal. For where, look at this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, where you put your money, your heart will always be there. What you spend or what you invest your money into, your heart will be there. If your money, if your treasure is not in a place, your heart will not be there. Take note of that. Uh, is that the last verse? Have we read 21? 21. Now, okay. Sorry. Okay, that's 21. Okay, where your treasure is. There, your heart will be. Matthew chapter 19, next one. Matthew 19. Let me just read the scripture and I go on. Matthew 19, 16 to 29. Okay? All right. I'm told not to be turning back. I'm always turning back. There's one behind in front of me here. Thank you. Now behold, one came... And said unto him, said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, Keep the commandments. Keep the commandment. Keep the commandment. He said to him, Which of the commandments are you talking about? Which one? Jesus said, You know them? You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You have crammed them in your head. The Ten Commandments. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, Ah, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? I've done all the commandments. Do I still lack anything? Jesus said unto him, If you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have. And give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. Do you want to see the next thing? The response. So when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful. Why? What what was the reason? Me? me? Go sell my 
belongings, all my money, she will bring it, use it to help the poor, and then come and follow you like all these your miserable disciples. No. I'm not going to do that. I'll be stupid. You don't have a house, Jesus. You move around all the place, doing good, healing the sick, raising the dead. You want me to come and be like you? If that is what it takes for me to get eternal life, you go with your, depa- uh, with your eternal life, I go with my money. Your money? Is it your money? John 3.27. John 3.27. Your money? Did you bring anything to this world? John 3.27. John answered and said, A man, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. There is nothing you have that was not given to you. Your children? My children. Do you have power to give yourself children? Then why are we still having burying people? My house. My money. My clothes. What do you have that God did not give to you? Can you name one? Your eyes? Your palm? Your fingers? There is nothing that we have that is not given to us. Have that at the back of your mind. We came to this world naked. And it is certain that we are going to leave this world naked. So people love you. They will try to close you. I have been in the mortuary several times. I've gone to carry dead bodies for the mortuary several times. Sometimes my church members are not able to go in. I go help them, bring them, put them in a coffin. Take them on an ambulance, send them to the cemetery, get them buried. One thing I found in the in the uh, mortuary. Is it not mortuary you call it here? In the mortuary, the rich, the poor, the black, the white, this, the, the, the tall, the short, they are all naked. They are all the same. All. And they are all lying down at attention. Because the mortuary guys just arrange them properly because when they become stiff, if their hand is like that, you're going to, it will not enter the coffin. So, see them. And you know there's nothing in this life. The day they will bury them, they will wear them some suit or some dress and 
you know, pour a communion on them. Oh, it was that, it was good, it was that. That guy is no longer here, he's gone. The spirit of God in a man is what gives us life. There is something that is very important. The way you live for God is what is important after death. What you did for God when you are alive is what God will reckon for you. So if you use everything, every blessing God has given to you for you and yourself and, my, and me. In the book of Luke chapter 12, verse 15, Jesus said, Beware of covetousness, for a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. Then he gave a story of a man who God blessed so much with a lot of wealth. You see, if you read the next verse, he gave the story of a man who was blessed by God, then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? What shall I, one, do? Anything I, my mind, they are all talking about himself. He said, I will. He told him, he said, what shall I do? He said, I will do this. Look at this. I will do this. I will pull down my vans and build greater. And then I will store my crops and my goods. Okay? And uh, I will say to my Soul, soul, you have many goods laid off for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then those whose who's Will those things be which you have provided for you? You have gathered for yourself. You save money. Solely you, yourself, I. Who will now own those things? You see, when you die, even your enemies will come to your funeral. And they will enjoy some cheese, some fried rice, some toasted bread on your head. They are enjoying you are gone. I pray that God will give us the right understanding on time to do what is important to God in Jesus' name. Alright. One meaning of investment is to commit money or capital in the hope of financial gain. We are talking about kingdom 
investing the joy, the benefit of investing in God's kingdom business. I would like to speak on this before I share the testimony. So that you know where I'm coming from. Can I have the topic again? The benefits of investing in God's kingdom. Another meaning of investment is spending money, time, and energy into something especially for some benefit or purpose. That's investment. So wise business people, people that are wise, when they want to invest in business, they want to know whether they were going to gain something out of it. Jesus also said that the wisest thing to do in this life is to invest in God's kingdom business. This rich young ruler we read about in Matthew chapter 19, he missed the chance of gaining eternal life and having an inheritance in heaven. Peter, should I take eternal life and lose all my money, all my property? See, that's a stupid thing to do. And you know many people today, they still think like that. But Jesus said, a foolish thing. Why? What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? There is no amount of money. There is no amount of wealth that can buy the soul of man. There is no amount of money that can be equated to the life of a man. The Bible says the heavens rejoice when one sinner repents. The heavens rejoice. So, you see, when Art Fellowship, through the outreach ministry, a message from your outreach program on TV, saves a soul, heaven is rejoicing on behalf of this church. That the ministry of this church, your offering, your support, has been able to remove somebody from the kingdom of darkness and put them into light. That is more important to our God in heaven than sorry, this church cathedral. Do you think so? It's good. But a soul is worth more than $100 million to God. And that is what Jesus will congratulate you for. Amen. That young man missed it. See this. You cannot invest 
if you are unwilling to release what you have, you cannot invest unless you are ready to release it. In other words, giving is an investment for which you get profit. Giving is an investment for which you get a profit. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Can we read it together? Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over will be put into your bosom. In the King James Version, it said, shall men give unto a bosom. For with the same measure that you measure, it will be measured back to you. Look at this. If you, it said give. Many people, when they say give, you only think of money. But no. See, I've been married for 31 years. I found something. When you give out love, if you give out love, you will get love back. In good measure, press down, shaking together, and running over. If you tell somebody in Nigeria, I don't know about America. If you tell somebody, you are stupid. He will tell you, you are stupid. Your father is stupid. Your mother is stupid. Your great-grandfather was stupid. All your sisters and brothers are stupid. Your children are stu- What is he having? He, he, he just said, you are stupid. But he's getting it back how? Good measure. Pressed down. Shaking together. And running over. I tell you the truth. I don't know about America, but Angela knows. <laughs> so, if you give out love, you will get it back, good measure, press down, shaking together, and run measure. It's a principle. Anything you give, you will not get back the same way. You get back more. Amen. Amen? Praise the Lord. Okay, so any investment you are making to the kingdom, it will come back to you how? In good measure. Press down, shaking together, and running over. I found that to be true. Jesus is the one that said it. If you give out prayer, you get it back. Anything you give out, God will bless you back in abundance. Look at this. I give you an example. God is the best businessman or is a great business God. God knows the principle of giving and receiving in abundance. What did he do? He invested his only son. 
had only one son that was loyal to him. All of us who are sinners, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Okay? And then God wanted to have us as sons. What did he do? He invested Jesus. He sent him. He died. Was buried. And Jesus, before he died, he said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, shall draw all men unto myself. God said, okay, you die. When Jesus was on the cross, he cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Say, you have to die so that I can have more son. God turned his back. Jesus died. He was buried. And he resurrected. Today, how many sons does God have? Can you tell the number? In America? He invested Jesus. He's got back now sons and daughters in America, in England, in, in Africa, in Nigeria, in Australia, in Madagascar, in every nation of the world, even in India, even in Saudi Arabia now, there are Christians coming up there. It's an investment. When we get to understand that, we will not hold back. When we invest in God's business, we win the favor of God for ourselves. Noah did. Noah gave to God. Let me read the scripture, then I'll just probably uh, leave the others. Genesis chapter 8, 18 to 22. You also know that Abraham invested Isaac as sacrifice. And today God has given many children to Abraham. Jesus gave his life. Genesis chapter 8. I'll show you something here. 18 to 22. And Noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his sons and sons' wives with him. After the flood. Every beast. Every creeping thing. And every fowl. And whatsoever creepeth upon the earth. After their kinds. Went forth out of the ark. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord. And took of every clean beast. And every clean fowl. And offered burnt offerings on the altar to appreciate God for preserving his life. And look at this. And the Lord smelled a sweet savour. Anytime you discover in scripture that anytime a man goes out of his way to give back to God, God is always excited. I tell you. Human beings will always say, God, give me, bless me, give me, bless me. But 
any time somebody takes an initiative to give back to God, God is excited. God is happy. God smelled the sweet servant. And the Lord said in his heart, I will no, not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. It, that is, even if he continues to do evil, I will not destroy man completely from the earth. Neither will I again smite anymore every living thing as I have done. Why the earth remaineth? Can we read this together? Why the earth remaineth? Seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. And cold and heat. And summer and winter. And day and night shall not cease. Can you take note of something? Seed time and harvest. Seed time. Seed time. You only know the time you sow the seed. But the harvest, the time for the harvest to come, you may not be able to predict it, but when the harvest starts, you cannot stop it. Take a seed of mango. You can go and plant it. You notice it, the tree will take time to grow and mature and start to produce fruit. The first time it will produce fruit might just be five seeds. The following year, it will not be five, it will be 20. By the third year, it can be 100. By the fourth year, it could be 1,000. The more the years go, when the harvest starts, the greater the harvest. Anything you sow for God's work is the same way. It's a principle. You have one fruit of purple, papaya, okay? If you open it, you will see a lot of seeds. Everybody says seed. Every seed, be it money, be it fruit, every seed is a future continuation of your harvest. Every seed is a potential forest. If you plant one grain of corn today, it is not going to produce one seed is going to produce you a, 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 comb, a comb. If you spread out on an acre of land for the next season, do you know how much you're going to get? You started with one seed. By two, three seasons of harvest, the whole place will be full. Any seed you sow for God's work goes the same way. God does not owe anybody. Am I communicating, please? Think about it. I found out that giving is the first 
demonstration of our love for God. For God so loved the world that he gave. So that he gave. You cannot love without giving. The proof that you love is you gave. First proof. God so loved that he gave. If you show that you love God in America, you must give to God. And you know what? That's why God is blessing America. America is known for giving. They help so many countries. If not for the help of America, Israel will not be a nation today. I watched this very well during the time of the Gulf War. Saddam Hussein wanted to finish. While America was attacking him, he was sending scout missile to Israel. Israel was not fighting with him. But he said, okay, you beat me, I beat Israel. Then America carried a Patriot missile battery to Israel. When Saddam Hussein fired the scout missile, the Patriot missile will handle it in the air and it will not touch Israel. Do you know that the reason why you are not having many troubles you're giving, you're serving the Lord. God has placed something to protect you that the hand of the enemy cannot get to you. Amen. Amen. Before I share my testimony now, I want to ask you to open your heart to continue to sow to God's work. And God is going to bless you. Pastor Linda was sharing something with me this morning. I just read this as a blessing and then I will go into my testimony and close. Psalm 112. I just want to read that. Psalm 112. See what happens to the children of those who serve the Lord, who are righteous, who think about the things of God. Psalm 112, 1 to 10. Then I share my testimony of what God has been using this fellowship to do in Nigeria. Psalm 112. Is it there? Okay. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feared the Lord, that delighted greatly in his commandment. Two. You got away? <laughs> his seed, his descendants, his children, his seed shall be how mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness will endure it forever. Unto the upright, there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Six, surely he shall not be moved forever. 
the righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting the Lord. You see, America, they wrote in their money, in God we trust. Because you trust in the Lord, nobody can move you. South Korea, North Korea have been threatening. They want to fire and misery at America. Let them try it. It's not going to work. Why? In God, you trust. God will settle the matter and protect you. Amen. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. Nine. He had dispersed. He has given out. He has supported the gospel. He has sown into the harvest field. He has sown into the mission field. He has helped the poor. See, he has given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. You can never give to help the poor, give to serve God, and remain a nobody. God will bless you. The wicked shall see the blessing of God upon your life, and he will be annoyed, he will be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Is that talking about somebody here today? That's why I will urge you to respond today. In Nigeria, when I was coming, I brought a DVD to show to Pastor Goodluck and to show to some of you what is actually going on. Many of the things you hear, you see on your news, you probably think that they are imaginations. No, they are real. Nigeria is the seat of the revival of evangelism to the whole of Africa and to many parts of the world now. And Nigeria has been in the forefront of um, a peacekeeping mission in Africa. Many places where you have fights going on, Nigeria has been sending you know, peacekeepers to all these nations. Congo, South Africa, Sudan, Mali, Liberia, Sierra Leone, Côte d'Ivoire, Nigeria has been in the forefront of ECOMOC, the forces that go to keep peace. So the, the, the reason why Nigeria is being Nigerian Christians are being persecuted today is because the gospel message that is spreading to Africa is hindering jihad, is hindering the move of the Muslim to Islamize Africa. Are you with me? I'm laying the foundation. So they now decided that unless Nigeria is Islamized, very soon many Muslims are going to be converted to Christianity. And many actually have started giving their lives to Christ. They've come to see. They've come to see. Many Muslims have come to see that 
Islam is about killing people. If you steal, the Sharia said, the Sharia law, the law of the Muslim says, if, you, if a child picks a pen that does not belong, he's a thief, you cut off that hand. If a woman, somebody's wife, is found to be smiling with another man, they assume he's committing adultery. They will bring that woman. You heard of what happened some years ago? They, will, they want to stone that woman to death. If they see you drinking beer, they say you are an unbeliever. They can burn you alive. No freedom. And that's what they want to do in most of their countries. They don't have freedom. Women cannot come out openly and do anything. But Christianity, Christians are preaching and women, are, they are seeing women preaching and they are angry. So they want to, they want to Islamize Nigeria to stop the move of the gospel. And then they form alliance with Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is very rich. They pick some people in our country, Nigeria, and they're giving them money to carry out the jihad, a fight to exterminate Christians so that they can Islamize Nigeria. In fact, one of our former military leaders, probably some of you will know the name, Babanjida. Babanjida gave 200 billion dollars to the organization of Islamic countries to Islamize Nigeria. 200 billion dollars. No, I'm not talking of Naira. Billion dollars. It's in the tape. You want to watch it, you can watch it. The, the, the information is in that tape I brought. And all this Boko Haram Anytime you catch them, they are always having lots of money in their pocket. There are people funding them to Islamize Nigeria. So the fight that is going on there right now is to Islamize Nigeria. If you are not a Muslim, you are an unbeliever, you are an infidel, the Quran, according to their own law, says you should be killed. If you, you are either a Muslim or you die. And you know what they do? They pick a little child, little girl, for about 10 years, 9 years. They tie explosives around them and take them to the church. Big churches where you have crowds. As people close from the church, as they are coming out in mass, you understand? They will explode that girl. So that she can die with as many people as possible. This is what they have been doing. They will go to the marketplace. Market in, in Africa is not like what you have here. It's not like Walmart. It's not like uh, all these departments. All, all your markets here, you are all, you are all built houses, air condition. Come to Nigeria. I'm happy that Pastor Linda is coming. Uh, Andy is, Pastor Andy is coming to Nigeria. You will see people. You will see streets. We have 
Nigeria is uh, 100 million people. You will see sea of people, the head of people. When you are coming to Nigeria, you want to land, the first thing that will amaze you is the number of people you will see in the street. Everybody busy. But now, they will go to a crowd, crowded place like that and put suicide bombers, they will explode them. Sometimes they will load explosives into the vehicles, into a car, and drive it into the midst of people and then explode it. That's how thousands and thousands of people have been dying before they now move into the society. The Boko Haram. Let me tell you what they are not doing. As we are in the service like this, you don't know. They will go to a church like that while people are worshipping God. They will surround the church. And then pour gas and set it on fire. They will they burn people, burn churches. When people are running out, they are shooting them. They have their machine guns. They are spraying them. Now, what they recorded there, if you have the courage to watch this DVD, you will be amazed about the brutality of people. They went to a church. They brought everybody out. And then they told them, will you renounce Christ or not? Do you want to follow Jesus or you follow Allah? If you say you want to follow Jesus, okay, you line up there. And then they will line all of them up. They dig a mass grave. You will see it on the DVD. And then they will line them up. Everybody wait for your turn. The video I brought, you will see, they will bring uh, somebody near the grave. One of the Boko Haram will mark the head of the person. These people will come by themselves. One will mark, they will just lie down. One will mark the head. The other one will mark the food. Then the third one will bring knife. They will start cutting. As they are cutting, the blood is gushing out. And then when they have slit the, the throat, the person is shaking. They push it to the grave. Next, the other person will come and lie down by themselves. Said, instead of me to deny Christ, kill me. They will lie down by themselves, put their hand like that. They will cut. It's all, the, it's all in the DVD. If you care to watch it, the men, some of the men watch them. During the men's, what do you call it? Men's breakfast. And then this girl that Pastor Gula was talking about, young girl, they brought her, they told her, you are dying, she said, no problem. She, they, they, they tie her legs, they dug her grave, deep, um, I mean, like that, round. And then, they said, it's time. She, because they have tied her legs, she moved like that move like that. And then she entered and then used her hand to pull her shoes threw it away. And then they came and she was there in the grave. No shouting, no crying, 
not complaining, not shaking. They brought black cloth. They tied her head. It was quiet. And then, Sasogulo didn't take note of this. Probably when you wash it again, you will see it very well. They told other women that have already, they have already taken other ladies, other girls, that they should come and stone her to death. Those people you saw, they are not men. It's women, other women, Muslim women, that they have captured. They commanded them to stone this girl to death. And you will see it on the video. They, were st- they, they are buried her. They, they poured sand on her. They are buried all the body to the neck. Only the head was remaining. And then they were stoning her. They stoned her and broke her skull so that she could feel the pain of the dead guys. It's easy to shoot somebody and the person dies. No, they don't want that. They want you to feel the pain. And they want others to watch. They brought a, 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 a boy and, 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 and his uncle. They were Christians. They are, they, are, they, are, they, are, they are in the church. They brought them. They told them, they told the man, renounce Jesus so that you can live. If you don't renounce Jesus, he has watched other people being killed. If you don't renounce Jesus, you are going to die. The, the uncle, had, the, boy, the, the man has a small boy who was bringing up the, his brother's, late brother's de, uh, son that had been, they have been teaching Christianity. I think the child is about, about six years, seven years. And then the, the uncle told him, I want to deny, I want to reject Christ. I don't want to die. You also reject Christ so that you can live. The man said, said to the Boko Haram people, said, from today, it's not me. He, I can't, I can't put it for myself. I will not deny my Christ. He said he will not be a Christian anymore. He said, okay, stand aside. Say, what of you, small boy? The boy looked at the uncle. Said, you renouncing Christ because of death? Said, he told them, I will never be like my uncle. I don't care if you want to kill me. They have taught me that Jesus is better than Allah. I'd rather be with, die with Jesus than for me to do like my uncle. And they said, okay, so be it. They carried a machete and cut the boy's head, tore it open, and he was bleeding. And then they carried him away and threw him into the bush to go and die. Then they came to the uncle. See, you saw your boy? He said, yes, I'm no longer a Christian. He said, no. For that small boy to have said he would die for Christ, you taught him. You merely said you will not be a Christian because you don't want to die. We don't trust you. You are also dying. They carried him and cut his neck. The thing I'm telling you is terrible. There's in the city where I live in, Bini City, we have a pastor. Many of the children, they have all, they kill all their fathers. There's a boy in that camp, uh, when Pastor Gulok, uh, probably if uh, you stay a little bit longer, we'll take that to the camp there, they will see it in Bini City. This pastor has gone to bring all those children 
that they have killed their parents, burned their houses, no place to stay. He's brought them to a, a camp and he's taking care of them, asking for favors, asking for help to be able to take care of these children. When they come, Pastor Angela, if you come, I'll take you there. You know, they are orphans. No father. They brought one of them. One of them, one of the boys almost crazy because they brought his father before him. They asked the boy, your father is a Christian. Have you, have you watched a meat, a goat being slaughtered before? He said, yes. He said, watch. He brought the boy's father in his presence. These people are not human beings. They are, they are heartless. They told the boy to wash his father. They took the father. They started cutting him piece by piece. Cut his leg off. Cut his hands. Tore his stomach open. Cut his head. They were piecing him as if you are piecing. Oh. Animal. And the boy started crying. That boy is in Bini City. Anytime he wants to sleep, the picture of how they slaughtered his father appears before him. He will start shaking. He will start crying. We can be at peace in America. But you see, you can do something. So I was very happy. The program, the television program that the Ark Fellowship is running for Nigeria have been doing a lot. I've sent some DVD before of the testimonies, uh, but all that one now is um, off because that particular one is stopped. Now, recently before I came, the program, the television uh, program on cable now, where you reach many, I, I, I told uh, Pastor Gulok, we can go beyond Nigeria with the same amount. And then put him on cable network that goes to 52 nations in Africa, part of Asia, and very soon, you'll soon be watching it in, in Galaxy. There's Galaxy Television in Canada. They are trying to put it there so that people in Canada can even watch Pastor Gulok, your church. <laughs> right now, you can watch that program here in America if you can connect to the website. Pastor Gulo has a website. You can, you can watch it. And this program is reaching people. Let me tell you this. Right now, it's very, very difficult for Christians in the north to carry the Bible on evangelism going from door to door. Because the Muslims will crush you and cut off your neck. But the only way you can reach these people is through television. Everybody watches television, even in their bedroom. So these Muslim people, they watch. Before I came, a woman called me. A woman came there from the headquarter of Islam. There's a state we call Sokoto State in Nigeria. That is the headquarter, that's the head of the caliphate of the uh, Muslim uh, leadership in Nigeria. The woman called me there after watching Pastor Gulok's program and said, am I talking to Pastor Gulok? I said, no. This is Pastor Solomon. 
Pastor Gulo's representative in Nigeria. He said, okay, Pastor, I've just watched your program. I'm a Muslim. My husband is a Muslim. I'm hiding to call you right now. Uh, my father-in-law is a Muslim. My brother-in-law are Muslim. My mother-in-law are all Muslim. Myself have been a Muslim. He said, but I just watched this program. I want to give my life to Christ. I am tired of being a Muslim. I want to give my life to Christ. Please, can you tell me how I can become a Christian? How I can give my life to Christ? I said, yes. I now preach to her over phone. The distance is like you are traveling from here to Los Angeles. Three days distance. If we are going to move by road. So I talked to her on phone. I prayed with her. I led her to Jesus Christ. And said, Pastor, my daughter is sick. Can you pray for my daughter? I said, by all means, lay your hand on your daughter. On the phone. And I prayed. Say, oh, my daughter is okay. It's moving well now. Um, I said, can I keep this number? I said, no. I am hiding to call you. All my people are Muslim, but I want to follow God. I said, okay, go and look for a Christian church and begin to attend. And from, from time to time, you can call me. I'll pray with you. When we finish, when I finish, I cop as I could not, I could not keep by my joy. I cop as a good. I said, your program have just saved a Muslim, a Muslim woman. I was, I was dancing all over my, my office. I, I was shouting. I, I, was, I, know, I was screaming. I was screaming. God has used the program to save a man in an island inside the sea where if you have to travel by boat, it may take you a week inside the sea. It was poisoned. And for three years, he was suffering from that poisoning. And he watched the program in the sea, in an island that you cannot easily reach. And he called me because, you know, uh, you know if they, they, your, your, your phone number here, your American phone number here, is on the screen. But you see, it's costly for them to call the international line. It costs them more money. So they find it more comfortable to call me. Uh, my, my phone is on the screen. My wife's phone is on the screen. My associate pastor's phone is on the screen. And we, we, when they are calling, when the program is going on, they call us and we pray for them. We talk to them. We follow them up. And that's what God has been doing. But can I tell you something? My reason of coming here, I have a very heavy heart. The local broadcast has stopped since June. All those people, I brought a DVD for you to see here. They can no longer view the program. Why? We stopped. Pastor Gulag stopped because the money we paid down is finished. And we're managing to keep the cable on. We, we, we pay most six months. The cable program by this October, it's going to stop. Our fellowship broker will stop this October completely unless we do something. Today is my last day to be here with you this time. 
I'm, I, I'm not going to be here on Wednesday. By Wednesday, I'm in the airport. I'm going back to Nigeria. So I feel I should appeal to you. You see, God is using the program to heal people. In fact, your healing service, there's one healing service. It was there. I saw, I saw, um, brother, it was when I came and I saw his brother Mark. I saw brother Mark climbing. He came and stood on this first step. On that program, during the healing service, and they were praying for him. So many people, a lot of people having conditions were healed in that healing program. And we, we, it was awesome. And uh, we decided to show that program, that your healing service. We showed it for one month. And come and see testimonies. Come and see people happy. They see the power of God raw. And then that activated their faith. Pastor, God, Pastor Gula will tell them, Lay your hand on where you are hurting. He always use that word hurting. Where you are hurting, God is going to do something for you now. And so many of them just acted and they have been healed. And now, I'm going home. My heart is very heavy. Why? All these people we are reaching is going to stop. Today, I want to appeal to you, please, don't let this program stop. If you don't support us, me, I'm, I'm not on television. I'm not in my church. I cannot afford the bills. But I decided to work partner with Pastor Gulok because... The people need God. The need people need to be saved. If you stop this program, that's it. I want to beg you. Please don't let the TV program stop. The Muslims in Nigeria, they need Christ. Many of them have seen the activities of Boko Haram. They want somebody to show them the way. Let me tell you what your program is doing. In Nigeria now, many people are no longer t- talking about salvation. It's all motivational message. It's all miracle, false prophet. Kill your enemies, fall and die. That's the message they are preaching there. People are flocking there. But that one does not save anybody. People like to watch Pastor Gulos' message because he's still preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Telling people to give their life to Christ. If we stop, it's going to be too bad. The local broadcast has stopped since June. And by this October, the cable broadcast will stop. But if you can make up your mind, I'm going to ask you to do something today. If you are willing to sacrifice for this program to continue, I know God is going to reward you. What does it take? Let me tell you the price. Pastor Gulok, I've been begging him on phone. He said, well, I don't want people to feel that I just want to be on television. Pastor Gulok does not need to be advertised in Nigeria. Pastor Gulok's father who was killed since the 60s, was the first 
finance minister of Nigeria. He came from a very wealthy family. If, if Pastor Gulo does not pastor and he stays with his family without working, without doing anything, the family uh, uh, inheritance is enough to take care of him and his family. But because those people are not, they don't want the ways of God, Pastor Gulo pulled away. His father had a lot of houses in Sapele where we grew up. Where we, but he, he left there, he separated from the family because they were going to influence him in sin. When he gave his life to Christ, he decided he was going to leave the family and follow Christ. And he went and rented a place. That's where we all were staying with him. 1976. But he decided to follow Christ. He had paid all the price. That's why we are still friends. I believe in the gospel. I told Pastor Angela, myself, in our, my own little way, I have not been able to finish building a house for myself because of the work of the gospel. I support young widows in my church. Um, I, I'm involved in, a, in, in an organization. We are just nine pastors, senior pastors in Benin City. That we, for 15 years, we, dis we have been organizing a conference to train upcoming pastors, those in the rural area, in the villages that cannot afford anything, that don't have offerings. We, we bring them together. We're teaching them. I brought the magazine of it for Pastor Angela and uh, Pastor Gulag to see. We, in three, uh, four days pro conference, we'll, we invest each of us $500 to be able to Lodge these people in hotel, give them free food so that they can hear the word of God. I want to appeal to you, my brethren, please, the cost of running the two uh, television programs for six months is um, 20, if we have 20 people that can sacrifice $500. It will pay for six months of the international and six months of the local. Twenty people giving $500, just that, that's $10,000. We pay for the local TV broadcast for six months, and we also pay for the local TV broadcast for six months, I mean, international TV broadcast to 52 nations in Africa for six months. So in every six months, if you can sacrifice, for example, after this one, you can sacrifice just $500, the nations can be reached. That's what I want to say. I want to, I want to appeal to you. I want to ask that you make some commitment. Please, can I have some envelopes? I want to pray after that. Can I have some envelopes, please? Are you angry with me? Are you angry with me? Are you mad with me? Please don't. Please. If we can have 20 people that can sacrifice a minimum of $500, this thing will be paid. Do that so that I can go home with joy. I can go home with testimony. 
I can go home and tell our people there that this program is not going to stop. We need to pay me I get home now. Pastor Gulok and his team, they are coming to Nigeria. I want that they will be able to, if they are able to pay before they come, by the time they come, by the time they come, and Pastor Andy, Linda, all of them will be able to see the program there on the air. And they will bring you testimonies for yourself. Please. Do that, God will bless you. God will bless you. Please, if you if you are writing check, go ahead. We want this money to come in latest by next Sunday. I will not be here. It's not for me. It's for your outreach program. I want to pray with you. If you don't mind, I want you to come please before the altar. All of you who have, okay, we are, they are still okay. Want to collect for? Okay. 